Hey everyone, it's AG from Muller She Wrote and The Daily Beans. And Steve Pearson from the How We Win podcast. We're bringing together some of our besties for a live super pod to raise money for the How We Win Fund and elect Democrats in November. Featuring us, of course. The hilarious Frangela duo. Ben and Brett Mazelis from the Midas Touch podcast. And the one and only Kathy Griffin. Join us on Monday, August 22nd at Largo in Los Angeles. Go to HowWeWinLive.com and get your tickets now. That's HowWeWinLive.com. Welcome to the Start Me Up Podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest is Andy Parker. His daughter, Allison Parker, was a news reporter. And in 2015, while reporting on a story, Allison and her cameraman, Adam Ward, were shot and killed on camera. The video of her murder circulated the internet, gained hundreds of thousands of views. And now Andy is on a mission to get those videos taken down and to stop companies like YouTube, Google, and Facebook from profiting from his daughter's murder. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash start me up. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash start me up. And don't forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation conversation with Andy Parker. Welcome to the show, Andy. Kimberly, thanks for having me. Well, you have a, a very fascinating and a very intense story. So I absolutely, you know, gave a little preview on the intro, but I just want you to tell us your story and what inspired you to start Andy's fight. Well, in 2015, uh, on August 25th, 2015, I was a headhunter. I was a headhunter in the banking industry. My daughter, Allison, was the morning journalist for WDBJ in Roanoke. I was so proud of her. I was, she, was, she was my world. And uh, on August 26th, 2015, uh, while she and her cameraman were doing an interview just you know, just a puff piece at Smith Mountain Lake interviewing the head of the Chamber of Commerce about some new project they were doing. Uh, a disgruntled former employee shot Allison and her cameraman to death on live television. And, you know, obviously my, my life changed. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, you know, after I got through the, the heartbreak, well, you never get through that, yeah. but after I got through the shock of it, mm -hmm. and you're sitting there, you you go, "What am I going to do with the rest of my life? What what am I going to do? What you know? What can I do?" Mm -hmm. And so I had kind of an epiphany. It was right before Terry McAuliffe, who was then governor, he called me, and uh, literally right before he called, and you know, to offer 
you know, condolences, whatever he could do. And I just said, governor, I said, I know what I've got to do. And I, what I've got to do is whatever I can, whatever it takes to, to ensure that other families don't go through the same kind of heartbreak and just, 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 uh, despair that, that I'm going through. Yeah. And he said, Andy, I'm right there with you. And he always was. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at, at that point I became, uh, you know, I, I went through, you know, I was, it's interesting because the press always, uh, they're, they're very good about finding people. And so I started getting emails and phone calls and wondering how do these people get my number? How do they get my email? All of this. And, and oddly enough, it, you know, most of it was coming from Fox news. Wow. Yeah. And so I, I'd get one email from, you know, I guess the first one was Greta, you know, from the Mm -hmm. producers from, you know, representing Greta Van Susteren, you know, would you come on the program? And I said, I'm thinking, hell no. I just, (laughs) I ignored it. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, go on with a Scientologist anyway. And she's, you know, uh, anyway, so, so then it was next, it was, it was Hannity. And I went, hell no, hell, (laughs) hell no. Um, so again, it just, it just kept, you know, it was ongoing. And then finally, I guess it was later in the afternoon, I got an email from the producer from with Megyn Kelly you know, do you want to come on? Would you please come on the show? And I'm going, Hmm, you know, if I'm going to become the, the Avenger or, you know, at the time I, I was thinking, well, I need to be what, um, uh, uh, who's the guy that I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Now the, the guy whose, whose son went oh, missing. Right. He, yes. I know who you mean. And I can't think of his name. Adam, either. Adam. Yes. No, it was anyway, but that guy. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, this is what I got to do. I got to be that guy on guns. And, you know, this is probably the best, you know, best place to start. Because at that point, you know, I was, I, I mean, I was still in shock, but I was also just extremely pissed off that this kind of thing could happen, not just to me, but, it, you know, it was, it was happening all over the place. But now it happened to me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought, well, if I'm going to reach an audience to tell people, you know, especially on Fox News, uh, this is the person that I need to do it with. You know, she had a dust up with Donald Trump, you know, a few weeks prior to that. Um, and uh, I thought, OK, well, maybe I can trust this person. Mm-hmm. So Chris Hurst was her, you know, was Allison's boyfriend at the time. You know, they just moved in together like a month before. I mean, they were madly in love and. You know, he was here at the house and I said, Chris, come with me. Let's do this. You know, and so we we went on Megan Kelly's program and then then I became from that. It was, you know, the next morning a producer from CNN showed up at my doorstep. And the more television hits that I did, the more they wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. So I became the gun guy. Right. I mean, I, I literally became the gun guy. And every time there was a mass shooting or a, a high profile incident, I'd get the call. Mm-hmm. And I always felt compelled, not because it was an ego thing or I wanted to be on television, but I felt like, look, if I can, if, if, I, if, if I can share the message out there that this shit is crazy and we can't keep doing this as a country, um, then I'm going to do it. 
And so, you know, for the longest time, that's what I was doing. Um, you know, it, it diminished somewhat because, you know, other, unfortunately, other people like Fred Gutenberg, yeah. uh, who is a friend and, you know, is a member of the club that no one wants to join. Right. He came along and, and sort of, you know, I passed the baton in a, in a morbidly mm -hmm. tragic kind of way. Um, so, so that's really, you know, I, that, that was part one, you know, I became the, the, the gun violence pre prevention guy. And, but then along the way, I realized uh, just kind of, and I, I, and not after the fact uh, that the video of Allison's murder was proli had proliferated all over social media, particularly on YouTube. Hmm. And I, I discovered that there were, you know, I mean, this, this took a couple of three months we're going to pause right there because the dog barked and oh that's okay <laughs> we don't i never pause for dark barking dogs i i love them <laughs> well, it's I've a got casual two show <laughs> i've got two golden retrievers and they like to go in and out oh well, i so love golden retrievers in. oh my god and then just yeah this is this show's way casual so we're cool with okay. the dogs <laughs> yeah well, good what i was what i was saying was that that you know i i it took a couple of months but then i it I realized and I discovered that, you know, the, the video of her murder was all over Facebook, all over YouTube, Jeez. again, particularly YouTube. And it, it was, you know, it, I, I thought this, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is, this should not, I, you know, I, I believe in free speech, but this isn't free speech. This is savagery. This is yeah. murder. This is, this is proliferating, you know, the wrong kind of stuff. Right. And so I began the fight against social media, uh, per, you know, particularly Google and, and YouTube to try and get the video of Allison's murder removed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a, a very unique situation because, you know, there were at least 65, 70,000 people in the New River Valley that watched her get killed live on right. television. And then, you know, on top of that, then it goes viral, you know, all over the world. And, and so, you know, that was, and, and then I, I learned further that, that YouTube and Facebook and, and, uh, you know, now TikTok wasn't a thing back then, but, but YouTube and Facebook, they profited from this. They made money running these, you know, running this video over and over again. And with adver unwitting advertisers, you know, there was, you know, there was a banner, you know, an advertising banner scrolling down wow. below the, you know, the, um, you know, like a cryon on, on the video. Now, yeah. just so everyone knows, I have never seen that video. I, I never, you know, I didn't watch Allison die. Uh, you know, it's bad enough in my imagination, but I never saw it. I never want to see it. And frankly, it's, you know, if, if it's, as bad as it would be for me, as traumatizing as it would be for me to see it, you know, there are kids that mm -hmm. could see it pull this up. Nobody needs to see that stuff. Yeah. This is this is the kind of thing that led me to go after uh, the social media. And you know, I, when I filed an FTC complaint, uh, when I was working with Georgetown University Law, and they were very helpful, and we tried to work with google they basically blew us off and wow. ghosted us and i mean you know doing the typical you know whenever we would make an inquiry oh well, this is against our terms of service mm -hmm. we don't allow this 
you know, kind of thing on our platforms. And it was the same bullshit over and over again. So we filed an FTC complaint because they were violating their own terms of service, uh, you know, with the, with the FTC against Google, uh, gotten, heard crickets. I mean, nothing from, from the FTC. And then two years later, we did the same thing last fall. I did the same thing, uh, with Facebook again, met with crickets. So at that point, you know, I'm, I'm the gun guy and I'm, I told people I, I stand at the convert, the confluence of what I call guns and Google. And it's the the evil symbiotic relationship between gun violence and social media. I mean, we've seen it, you know, we just saw it in, in Buffalo. Uh, we saw it in Uvalde where these kids get radicalized online and then they go out and, and buy AR-15s right after their 18th birthday because they can. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is, you know, this kind of violent content, posting this stuff on social media, like I said, it's not free speech. And it's 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 savagery, and it's undermining the very fabric of our society. And so, you know, when this stuff gets shared, you know, thousands and thousands of times, um, it's no wonder that we've got, you know, the, a country that's in the shape it's in. So, after, uh, and you know, this is the the long answer to your short question. You know, why did I start Andy's fight? Well, after I got nothing or, and, and really no response from the FTC, you know, at that point we'd done everything that we could, we meaning me and Georgetown, to address this and to, and to rectify the situation. And the, you know, for, for those listeners that uh, are, are not sure, you know, it's like, well, why can't you? I mean, why, why can't you do anything about it? Well, it's called Section 230. And what that does, it was written into the Communications Decency Act in 1996, which at the time sounded like a great idea to, to promote free speech on the internet and all of that. And that was, bef of course, before they had, you know, anyone had any inkling of, of Facebook and hmm. YouTube uh, showing up. And But what that does, what Section 230 does, is it gives complete immunity from any liability. Wow. So you can't you can't sue them i mean you can't say if you don't take this down it's awful stuff then i'm going to sue you well you you can't do that hmm. and the only way that you can get them is you know and what we tried we actually tried that too was uh what i call the al capone prosecution well if you can't get them for the big stuff you get them for copyright violation <laughs> that's the only thing wow. that you can that that you can go after social media for and you know but unfortunately, Gray Television, which owned WDBJ, that had the rights to that to you know Adam's mm -hmm. video, they wouldn't they wouldn't give us a co copyright. Wow. You know, we we had written up you know we we meaning Georgetown, there was a you know arms length agreement. You give us a co copyright, we'll file it with the Library of Congress, and that will enable us to at least exact some measure of justice. I mean, it it wasn't. You know, it's like Alex Jones, the, the families of Sandy Hook, you know, yeah, he was found guilty. At least there was that. They probably won't get anything. But, you know, at least you have made a stand and you've done something. And so um, when, you know, and Gray wouldn't, you know, they would they wouldn't share that. I mean, to me, they're as bad as Google and Facebook. I mean, yeah. they're complicit in this. So at that point, I thought I've done everything I can as a private citizen. I don't know what else I can do. And so I decided to run for Congress. And that's 
you know, that kicked off uh, in in late January of this this past year, uh, and I, you know, we were rolling along, we were raising plenty of money. Uh, unfortunately, I hired uh, a guy that I trusted and came very highly regarded in in the Democratic Party here in Virginia. I mean, he was actually the head of the Democratic Party, and oh. uh, I know by the way, his name is Andrew Whitley. Uh, he basically, you know, his his sole job was to uh, ensure that I had enough signatures to get on the ballot, okay. valid signatures. Well, he failed. I mean, just sheer incompetence, laziness. Wow. You know, and as much as I wanted to scream that to the, to the you know, heavens and the press right. and all that, look, yeah. my name's on it. I, you know, I bear responsibility because I hired the guy, you know, my, my again, my job was to raise money, which I did. And his job was to, to get signatures, mm -hmm. which he didn't. And that's what ended the that's what ended the campaign. I mean, I was I mean, I, it was devastating. I mean, it was it was heartbreaking. It was devastating. Um, and yet, as as bad as it was, uh, look, you know, is it the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life? No, that happened seven years ago. Yeah. So so I can get through it. And so out of that, I I thought, well, let's make let's try and make lemon let's try and make lemonade out of lemons right and um you know i had i had 2000 individual contributors that i had that i i sent an email out to and i said you know told everyone look you know this ended this is ended not the way i wanted it to end and you know we had expenses and i understand if if you want a prorated refund will certainly you know get that to you mm -hmm. if you decide that you want me to do something you know to to still do something um to help other candidates and causes leave it in the account and um you know that's what i'm going to do i'm going to i'm going to help other candidates win mm -hmm. and so that's why i started andy's fight and and kimberly you know out of the out of the 2000 people that that i emailed to say do you want your money back guess how many wanted their money back i'm hoping zero seven wow well that's okay i'll go with seven <laughs> yeah i mean i was listen i was expecting when that when i hit send i was expecting you know immediately pitchforks and torches right. at my yeah. front door yeah and it didn't happen and people were were emailing me back saying man go you're a hero and mm -hmm. i'm thinking i'm no I'm not a hero. I'm just trying to, you know, do what I think, do what I can uh, to, to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what Allison did. She told stories. She was a storyteller, great storyteller. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be a journalist, you, you really, to be a good journalist, you have to be able to tell mm -hmm. stories. And she did. And so, um, you know, and, and she did make a difference and I wanted to do the same thing. And so that's why I started Andy's fight. And we literally just, you know, we just kicked it off um the 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 announcement videos on twitter uh i just literally uh before probably a couple of hours ago we sent out our first email blast that said hey you know here's what we're doing mm -hmm. to to you know to, to the people that had contributed to the campaign so uh so that's you know i started andy's fight it, it's a political action committee and it's taking it's supporting candidates that I mean, the criteria is you got to be good on guns and you've got to be good on reforming social media. Right. Yeah. 
that is so important. And, you know, I mean, there's your experience really highlights why it's important. But it, I mean, there are so many other examples out there that, um, you know, we definitely need to figure out this social media situation because it's, it's so damaging sometimes. It can be great and it can be awful. Um, yeah. what, what I do want to ask you, too, is um, I know you're talking about guns, but you're also talking about disinformation. So can you kind of like explain why? Right. Well, again, all you have to do is look at those two kids that were radicalized. I mean, there's so much of it out there. Uh, you know, if if Google and Facebook uh, and TikTok, if they had to have the same editorial oversight as CNN or hell, even Fox News, I mean, that although that's a bad example, but mm -hmm. but, you know, WAPO, Washington Post, CNN, any 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 news outlet, if you know, they have edit editorial standards. Yes. And if if, you know, these platforms had to you know, abide by those same editorial right, standards, yeah. you wouldn't see this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you wouldn't see the you know, all the, the lies and the dis disinformation that's that's out there. And and so, I mean, it, it is critical. I mean, from, you know, from, you know, this this I mean, what you see every day, uh, you know, covid great example, you know, it's it's a hoax it's this it's that i mean it it's just it is a cesspool yeah and and somebody's got to fix it and and you know i i you know people ask and i think and i'm sure you probably would too so i'll 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 preempt your question <laughs> by saying well so andy how do you how does one fix this well first i mean it, the, on my two issues i mean here's the here's the you know, obviously on guns, it's pretty simple. It's straightforward. We got to implement universal background checks. Mm -hmm. You know, the bill, the gun bill that passed uh, the, uh, last month uh, was, it was a good first step, yeah. but very, you know, not nearly right. complete. Uh, and listen, you're never going to solve, I don't care what you do mm -hmm. short of, um, you know, doing what, you know, all these, the, the, you know, the, the gun worshipers claim that, oh, you're coming right. to take our guns away. You know, you've heard that, that yes. dog whistle, but, but short of that, um, you know, you're never going to, you, even if you, you create the most restrictive gun bills that you, that, uh, and gun laws that you can out there, you know, there's still going to be gun violence in mm -hmm. this country because we have more guns than we do have people mm -hmm. in this country. But, but, you know, and people say, well, you know, so what's the, why bother? Well, because if you can save one life, if you right. can save one life, then it's worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, wow. red flag laws, pass, pass national red flag laws is, you know, that's, that's one thing you can do. And, 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 you know, if we, I, I have testified before the, the uh, Virginia uh, Senate committee that that handles these laws or that addresses these laws, and I said, look, if if a red flag law had been in effect uh, in 2015, Allison would probably may, she may still be doing the news because the guy that killed her should never have hmm. been able to purchase a firearm. So you you know you do you pass red flag laws, you you implement universal background checks, hmm. and and the biggest one of all which didn't make the cut on this last bill is that you ban the sale of assault style weapons and high capacity yes. magazines. I mean, those, those are the weapons of choice for mm -hmm. these shooters. So, you know, those are easy. And if you, you know, if we could 
you know, we, and we did a great job here in Virginia of doing everything but the latter of mm -hmm. banning assault weapons. And I think once we take back the, you know, the 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 uh, the General Assembly here, I think we can get that done. Wow. Um, and on, and on social media, I, I recommend two approaches. You know, first and foremost, we got to reform Section Two Thirty, mm -hmm. uh, and it should be amended to reserve the immunity for platforms that are, that act responsibly, that act like responsible guardians of our privacy. And but if they don't take reasonable steps to prevent un, unlawful uses of their service that create harm to others, mm -hmm. then they don't get immunity. So if they're you know, if Allison's video or you know the the video i mean you know all the the horrific videos that we we've seen out there uh if they don't you know do something uh to to police themselves then you know then they don't get immunity yeah. then somebody can sue them so and we need to incentivize these platforms to proactively tackle mm -hmm. the illegality and the hate speech and the bullying and the violent content rather than encouraging it because right now that's what we do yeah um, I watched a little bit of uh, your interview on 60 Minutes, and you mm -hmm. you were asked about threats, and that you you know that you aren't worried about them. And I'm just wondering, are you getting threats now? Has it calmed down? Were you getting a lot of threats before? And then how do you deal with it since you're not worried about it? Um, you know, as Kimberly, as far as I know, I'm I I mean I don't see threats. Mm -hmm. I I'm not getting any threats, and I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I think a lot of these people are afraid of me, Good. which is, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, so I, I think they they might be a little bit intimidated, you know, right. But I, you know, I early on, I, you know, I, again, I didn't see it, but Chris, you know, I, I asked him when I said, are you sick? Cause he was kind of monitoring what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I said, have I gotten any threats? He said, yeah, you did. But he said the, the Henry County Sheriff's office, I mean, for a while there, they were regularly patrolling. I mean, right. they were just, yeah. you know, that was because of that. Mm -hmm. So, but, but no, I don't, I don't worry about it. I mean, look, the, as I said, on the 60 minutes interview, I, you know, the worst thing that happened to me happened to me already. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not fearful and I'm not going to, you know, go look over my shoulder. Now, do I, you know, I'm always cautious, but, yeah. but I'm not, there's a difference between being, um, alert and, and, you know, aware of your surroundings and, you know, being in a constant state right. of fear. Yeah. And that's not me. Did you notice when you were on Mel Megyn Kelly, I was thinking about this and, and wondering like if you had gone on Hannity and I mean, I don't blame you. I've been asked to go on a few right-wing shows mm -hmm. and I chose not to. But I was wondering how were you how was it with Megan Kelly in that I mean obviously the right is very pro gun. Um but then when someone is murdered by a gun, you know, it's all the thoughts and prayers and they're so sorry yeah. and they I mean did, did you did you have an opportunity because I did not see that interview. Did you have an opportunity to kind of like talk to that crowd in a way where they might understand it? Did you get a feeling that, that that any inroads were made or did you just feel like they felt sorry for you and that was the end of it? Uh, hard to know because I, you know, I was, I, I was kind of in a fog. Mm -hmm. I mean, Chris and I had been consuming a great amount of wine that night. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I don't, 
I, you know, justifiably so. So, you know, I just, the, I don't know that I was really trying to address any kind of crowd. I, I was just trying to, I guess, get things off my chest yeah. and, and just express the, you know, the fact that, you know, we shouldn't be, you know, this shouldn't be happening, happening in our country. It just shouldn't, this, this is wrong. It should, it shouldn't be happening. And so I didn't really, uh, you know, she was, she was okay. Um, until she started, um, you know, until she started veering into, well, did she, cause I guess she assumed that I saw it happen. Mm -hmm. And when she, when she said, well, now what, you know, what was your, reaction when the camera I said wait a minute I said stop right there and I think that that I mean that I had had people tell me man we're so proud of you for doing that because <laughs> I basically you know stopped her in her tracks and just yeah. said to you know shut the hell up yeah. you know don't <laughs> we're not going there I think that was my you know I said we're not going there right wow I mean I I just want to say you know personally I'm so sorry this happened to you a friend of mine lost her mother um, a long time ago, and she told me that when that happened, uh, she got a lot of people coming up to her saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, mm. you know, of course, she's, she was grateful for the, you know, for the sentiment and for her friends. And she said, but after a while, you keep hearing I'm sorry, and it starts to become annoying. And <laughs> it makes it like, I, I, this is not about me, but I, I, I don't know what else to say other than the obvious things people say. But I think what I can say, and I think what listeners and anybody who listens to your story, I think we can all empathize, uh, you know, sympathize with you and empathize. And I, I can't even imagine what you've experienced. And I just, I want to take the opportunity to just say thank you for everything that you're doing, because what you're doing is hopefully going to, stop this from happening or prevent other deaths from happening and I can't imagine this is easy for you and I just I'm sorry and I hate saying that but I am no <laughs> listen don't, don't you know I first of all I, I never get tired of people number one saying talking about Allison yeah. and and saying you know thank you for what you're doing I'm sorry that this happened to you yeah. I you know I don't I don't have an issue with that. I, you know, it makes you feel good that, to know that people actually care yeah. about you and, and, you know, what an impact that, that you have on their lives and what an impact that Allison had on their lives as well. So no, I, I, I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad. And, and I, I want to like switch this over a little bit and go into like personal. And I just want to ask like, what, what was one of your favorite things to do with Allison? Oh gosh. Well, you know, we, we love to kayak. I mean, she was a badass whitewater paddler like her dad. And so I don't know if you can, you can see, since we're on zoom, your audience can't see it, but you can see pictures of, you know, whitewater, uh, oh, right, you know, yeah. some of, some of my whitewater stuff in the, in the background there. But, uh, you know, she was, we always, we love to paddle together. Um, we just love to, you know, we all love to hang out. I mean, we were a very close family. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, we were very tight knit. We traveled together. Um, and she was just, a she, she was just wonderful. I mean, she was, you know, you couldn't ask for a better, a better daughter. 
Yeah. A better child. I know you wrote a book titled For mm-hmm. Allison. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it was it was a part memoir and part current events and part call to action. And, you know, I was able to tell Allison stories. I mean, some of my favorite Allison stories in there. And, and, um, and there were, you know, there were a couple, I mean, there were a lot of good ones, but, but there were a couple in particular that were uh, very memorable and meaningful to me. And, uh, you know, it was also, you know, the, the tough parts were obviously talking about, you know, the day that it happened mm-hmm. and, and the, yeah. what I went through and what Barbara went through and Chris and, you know, that, that, you know, to, to just try and convey just how horrific and heartbreaking and soul crushing that it was. Yeah. And then the other piece of it was, you know, the, the stuff that we're discussing now, it's, well, how do we fix this? What, you know, mm-hmm. what are your, what's your wish list? What, you know, what would you like to see happen you know, and, and so I lay that out and, and, uh, so that, that was essentially, that's what the book's about. It's, it was, it was a very hard, it was a tough effort, but yeah. it was very worthwhile and very cathartic experience. I'm glad I did it. Do you think you'll ever run for office again? <laughs> that's good question. I, you know, and I get asked that, and I was, I was talking with, you know, when, when things went down, went south uh, a few months ago and I was talking to Mike Henry who was Tim Kane's chief of staff and a good guy and he said well you know 2022 is shaping up to be a tough year and of course I'd al- always told him look anything can happen I mean there's there is you know between now and November you know you never know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and of course you're we're seeing it right now yes, you know Roe yeah, v. Wade yeah. you know the the you know all these the shootings I mean you name it and it's it's happening but it's happening to help you know i think ultimately it's going to help democrats in the in the next election and yeah. so that's what that i was like no i can win this i can win this thing mm-hmm. well now i can't win it but his point was well you know you were going to have a, an uphill battle but he said but now 2024 mm-hmm. that's a whole different deal and i said yeah. mike I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that that's going to be in the plan, you know? So, you know, we'll see, you never yeah. say never, but I, I think I'm going to have a much better time, you know, being, uh, you know, running Andy's fight and doing right. some really creative, uh, uh, well, I hope you, you may have to edit it, but be, be creative and do some real rat fuckery as it were with, with candidates, with these, horrible candidates that are running against you know good people like elaine luria and abigail spanberger so we're gonna you know i'm gonna enjoy doing that i'm gonna we're gonna be creating billboards and and which i always like Mm um you know among other things so you know we'll see i mean it's it's kind of like you know and i'll i'm gonna be doing you know stumping with with folks across the you know the commonwealth and probably across the country too but that's you know, it's, it's being able to have your kind of have your cake and eat it too. You know, you can, you can, you can be part of a campaign, but then you don't have the other, you know, all the other stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I kind of want to insert this because I I feel it's, it keeps coming up in my mind as you're talking. Um, I have a patrons only show and that's just for my patrons. And I, I talk about a variety of things. It's kind of like my online diary. I've been going through a bit of a spiritual journey. So I talk about that. And one of the things that's come up and then it's also, 
in the political realm is the the like having an optimistic outlook even when terrible things happen in your life there's the idea that out of every single tragedy there is um an opportunity and what i see here is that you had a terrible a very horrible terrible tragedy in your life and it has become an opportunity for you to help other people and i just i'm so I mean, my heart swells to to know what you're doing because I think that's really the best thing that we can do because in, in life, there's going to be all kinds of things that happen that are upsetting to us. And, you know, I heard this woman recently, she was talking about, you know, the power of positive thinking versus optimism. And she said, you know, the, you can't always be positive. Um, you know, I, I imagine the day that your daughter uh, died and, and the time after, especially during the worst part of your grief, you could not be positive, but you can be optimistic because you, you, you think, all right, I can figure out a way through this. And it sound, and it's not to diminish at all any grief or what you went through. But you have come out of this as, you know, as a warrior, as somebody who is going to take this and try to, as you said, you know, taking uh, lemons and making lemonade for mm -hmm. lack of a better way to say it. But I mean, that's what you're doing. And I, I just want to really commend you and say thank you again, because it's extremely important. And people like you are what make, you know, you're the reason people like you are the reason that things change. And, uh, you know, whether or not you can get one thing done today, it's not about that. It's about the long journey. And you're obviously on the long journey. And I think this pack is going to do really well. And I'm, I'm grateful for you um, in every way. And, I, and I, I sincerely mean that. And I think it's really important for people, you know, because, and I'm just going to throw this in there too. We've, we saw a lot of negativity, a lot of um, Debbie Downers in you know especially on twitter but i i met mm. them in person oh we're gonna lose the midterms and downer 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 yep. downer and i feel like when we stick in that we create it and if we can you know if we have an optimistic attitude it's not a guarantee of a win but it's it's you're, you're more uh it's more of a guarantee of a loss if all you do is just sludge around in your negative thoughts and and convince yourself that there's no hope okay real quick our zoom call shut off so we had to fix it and we're back on so here you go you know i felt like and that's what i told scott pelly in the interview that that i wanted to make a difference mm -hmm. as much yeah. of a difference as i could and that allison would expect nothing less right and she wouldn't she wouldn't and so i do it i do it for her and i do it for all that not just for her but do it for all these the, the families that have gone through the same kind of uh horrific situations that that I found myself in and and um you know you try and again you it's 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 finding a purpose mm -hmm. which I found and you know trying trying to make that difference and that's what I'm gonna what I'm trying to do and if gosh you know we don't <laughs> we it's I think we're all scared about yeah. what's come you know yes gonna be coming up coming down the road but I feel back to your comment about optimism i'm i feel optimistic yeah about you know being able to to, to hold on i mean to, to hold on and in fact right. you know i'm kind of bullish that you know because trump is, has endorsed and, and the republican party or the trump the, the cult of trump has nominated these complete idiots like oz and jd vance <laughs> and and herschel walker and uh oh god and yeah, you know ron johnson bad. you yeah. know i mean that's four seats right there that right. that you know, 
in, any any reasonable person would go look at it and go, Jesus Christ, we should you know we should win these easily. Yeah. Unfortunately, we it, they won't be easy, but no. but if we can, you know, we'll we'll you know we'll at least have the Senate, and we won't have to rely on Kristen Cinema and Joe yes. Manchin, to, you know, <laughs> for any of that shit. Oh God, I know they. I it was at a point where I don't know several months ago. Um, prior because Roe did change things, but it was yeah. like anytime I would see either one of them on MSNBC, I had to mute it because it was like <laughs> the rage. I felt so yeah. angry. And I mean, I am on Twitter all day. And so I pretty much, I mean, I get the recap. <laughs> um, I don't watch too much M- MSNBC because at that point in my day, I'm like done and I would right. start at eight o'clock anyway. But um, yeah, I see them come on and it's like, ah! <laughs> and so yeah. now I'm starting to feel a little like lately the news with mansion you know joining schumer and this bill so yay um that's being signed into law i believe it's today um Mm -hmm. and so there's some good things and i i I feel very hopeful about uh the house i think i think that they're i don't know if you pay attention he's like my new favorite guy simon rosenberg he is a Mm -hmm. democratic strategist and he's all about the optimism and he's following these uh races and there is really good reason to believe that we can take back the house so fingers crossed and you know do your do your thing people go vote get registered all that and i think we could pull it off so um you know i think it's tough yeah and i think that um kansas really kind of gave that i think that was a big boost a big morale boost Mm -hmm. because you know here's the reddest of the red of the red states yeah and they you know the, the the the, the referendum you know they crushed it so yeah. it was uh you know so so it makes you think that hopefully these people you know the, you know the and and you know i hate to i don't want to sound sexist but but it, this this race i mean this election upcoming it's going to be up to women to to turn the tide and i, mean, I, really I think is. they will and i don't think that's sexist at all i think it's true because even though men are going to also experience all the negative ramifications from this uh, decision, um, you know, whether it's fathers who can't afford another child or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, um, women are the ones who have to deal and the pregnant people are the ones who have to deal with, um, you know, when it's your body, it's your body. And so, yeah, women and pregnant people are the people who are going to have to deal with this head on and but it is it is something that I do think that it won't be just women I I do think though there's a good chance that Republican women since you get to vote and you don't have to share your vote with anybody they might be changing their votes this time or not voting at all you'd like to think so I'd like to think so it's it's the Glenn Youngkin Republican women those are the people that you know it's and of course, you know, you want to ask them. So you thought Yunkin was going to be okay and a good guy, and mm-hmm. it's like, and so you voted for him. Mm-hmm. And and the reality is, Terry McAuliffe was right. You know, he yeah. is. He's just a, a more polished version of Trump. Yeah, I mean, he's he not is. crazy, and and that's why he and, and he did, ran a masterful campaign. Mm-hmm. But it's like, come on, folks. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, yeah, I know. I, it, you shake your head and, and wonder, but you know, if if um, you know, if 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 some of these loons, Looney Tunes that they that they're running in some of these other races or in the in the races across the country, you know, it, it 
you can't you can't pick a better opponent and that's frankly that's one re- one reason why i ran i was wanted to run against bob good because he's batshit crazy <laughs> and and it's just you know it was so easy it was going to be so easy to just just beat him about the head and shoulders yeah um you know on a regular basis and that's what i'd plan to do and hopefully the guy that josh thronberg who is the nominee um you know i don't see a lot of that coming from him just mm-hmm. yet but you know uh, that's one of the things the pack is going to do. We're going right. to we're going to put up a billboard next to his church. <laughs> wow, Bob Good's that's church. That's so that's, awesome! Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's the kind of stuff. I mean, we're going to this. The, Andy's fight is going to be the ultimate troll. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. And I mean, John Fetterman is doing a brilliant job with Doctor Oz. Yeah. So I think yeah. you know. I don't know who it was, but somebody said or tweeted that you know they're going to study Fetterman. And uh, mm-hmm. for after this, or maybe, maybe it was somebody on my show, but whatever. Uh, yeah, the, the trolling is brilliant, and I think we're all hungry for it. We've, we've all sat back and watched this train wreck of the Trump ever since he went down that escalator. And yep. um, I think we're, we're fine. And it's so fortunate that at this period in time that the tides are turning because it's right before the midterms. I kind of like say this tongue in cheek but you know and I've said this on my show before so pardon me for repeating myself but you know in 2020 up until really up until that second or uh, I think it was the third primary people were like no it can't be Biden and then for whatever reason it was like it can only be Biden and then it really at that point he was the man of that moment and all of his naysayers, including me, because I just didn't think that he was going to be the nominee. Um, you know, we rallied behind him, but it, it was like everybody just went, you know, united. And yeah. he, it seemed like nothing stuck. And then, of course, he becomes the president and that changes and he's got terrible you know, terrible ratings and all this stuff. And here we are almost maybe like the 10th hour. We're not in the 11th hour, but like the yeah. 10th hour it's like all the momentum is coming for us. And so it's, it's, it's a it's, re- complete reverse of yes. what happened last year when, you know, he was on a yes. roll and, and Terry was on a roll. you know, Terry basically took it for granted that, okay, yeah. I've got this in the bag. I'm going to, you know, keep beating Yunkin with the, you know, he's Trump, you know, he's Trump, he's Trump, he's Trump. Mm-hmm. And, and people just, you know, it's, they didn't buy it. Yeah. And um, you know, and, and as, as, Biden's numbers got worse because of everything, you know, the economy and, you know, COVID coming back and all of that, mm-hmm. you know, he took Terry down with him. Um, you know, Terry didn't do himself and, you know, that meant that many favors by, keep, you know, I mean, there's, there's a litany of things that, but, you know, Terry should have won, but again, he didn't. And, right. and we're kind of at the reverse of where we were last year where yeah, they exactly. were on a roll yeah. last summer. Now, things are looking you know that we've been getting pummeled and by the way i'm you know i i can honestly say that before the south carolina primary i'm sitting i'm thinking as i'm watching the the debates and all of this and the candidates and i'm you know i thought to myself and i told barbara i said you know the only person that's going to win this thing or they can they can beat trump is biden and sure enough you know south carolina they delivered and there he there Mm -hmm. he was so you know i I uh, patted myself for on the back for being not Cassandra, but, um, <laughs> you know, 
a, you know, a prophet in my own mind, as it were. Right. So anyway. <laughs> well, I just want to, once again, I want to say thank you so much um, for sharing your time and your story. I, I'm grateful for what you're doing. And um, I also, is there anything you want to add before I let you go? Well, I would add that uh, anyone listening to this podcast, I would greatly appreciate your support. Uh, we have an email blast that's going out. I promise that uh, you're not going to get an email from me uh, saying, if you don't give me money, I'm going to have to go out and kill puppies. Um, <laughs> No puppies, no puppies, no puppies will, will be will harmed. <laughs> and, and, and you can, you know, I, I think of us as sort of a, uh, Andy's fight is a clearinghouse for two very important issues. And, and you can go to andysfight.com. Uh, you can go to my Twitter account. It's, uh, at Andy Parker VA, like Virginia, Andy Parker VA. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have the convenient act blue links there. So, uh, please contribute and help the cause you'll be helping, uh, you know, candidates like Elaine Luria, who's just done a tremendous job, uh, on the January 6th committee, Abigail Spanberger, who is one of my heroes, uh, and just the, one of the most gracious people I've ever met hardworking, you know, she was going to be the model for the congressman that I was going to be. Wow. So, um, you know, and, and there's more, I mean, we're, we're, we've, we've got plans. We're, you know, it's just starting out, but you can be part of a, of a movement. Join, as I say, join the fight. Very, very cool. And FYI, I know Abigail's mom, so that's cool. Oh, um, yes. Uh, yeah. So absolutely. Everybody, please follow Andy on Twitter. Go to the pack. Do what you can. Obviously, I'm author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget the extra E. Andy, thank you so much. I'm, I'm just, I bow to you. Uh, <laughs> likewise. Thank you for having me on, Kimberly. It was fun. Great, uh, great convo with you. And uh, appreciate your putting this out there. All right. Well, you take care. All righty. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.